Um, we got snow last night. Mm. David, you got snow last night. Four inches. It's April 21st. <laughs> we got about a quarter of an inch, but it's still, it's just weird to see. Yeah, I bet you're going to get a lot. It's bonkers. There are leaves on the trees, and then there are snow on top of those leaves. It's And it's that really, really heavy snow where all the branches are, are sagging. And it's just bonkers. I think it's a record for the latest snowfall accumulation ever in Toledo. Hmm. Well, I remember last year we had snow in April. I don't think it was this <laughs> far into April, but I remember thinking, like, how bizarre that was. Yeah. And my mom told me a couple of days ago, she was like, I'm not planting any plants until after the first, was it the first of May or something? Because we always have a freeze near the end of April. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently yeah, we don't right. we do not have heat in the racetrack, and my plumber just fixed the well, and I said I'll turn on the toilets and stuff. That was about two weeks ago. He goes, nope. He goes, you don't have heat here. He goes, I'm not doing it. I won't do it till mm-hmm. second, third week of May. He goes because we always get jammed up because people all the time they turn on their you know garden hoses a little too early and pipes crack. So, hmm. so I didn't think about that. Yeah. Well. Maybe it's done, hopefully. I mean, I like the winter. I like I enjoy it, but it, we've been out of the cold weather long enough that to jump back into it is really strange. And I've been going to soccer games. My kids are all playing soccer right now, so we have practices every night and games like several times a week and stuff. And it's it's in that weird time of year where, you know, it's like, "Oh, there's a soccer game. It's sunny outside. I'll wear a t-shirt and you go sit out there for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden Freezing. it starts getting really cold as <laughs> yeah. the sun goes down. It's just not quite there yet." So, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for it to just decide, be one way or the other. I can yeah. bring a blanket or I can bring a t-shirt. But anyway, that's the weather report for today. I'm making it. Thanks for listening everybody. Making it weather. What's going on? What's what's new? Making it rain. I ha- I got my first win as a go-kart racer that's right congratulations yeah. it's it's not that big of a deal but it is oh don't well, play it down uh, yeah uh, i'll tell you why it's not that big of a deal so um, i was the only person on the track <laughs> pretty much Sorry. it was it was really close so uh i i've been planning on racing on sunday which the the league that i've been preparing for the the year was supposed to start on Sunday. And that was going to be my first race. I tried to race earlier in the year, but the shoulder neck issue got got in the way. So Sunday was going to be my first race. And then my buddy, Clay, he said, hey, do you want to go shake out the cobwebs at this brand new track on Saturday night? And I said, sure, let's, let's do it. So I went and there was only four people in our class. So... You know, um, same four carts in the heat, both heats, and then the same four carts in the in the feature. But uh, I ended up winning. I won like three hundred dollars because there was a payout. Uh, nice. And um, there was a, there was probably one, two, three, four, like six, seven different classes. Just only four people in my particular class. So um, yeah, I, it was only against three other people, but. It was my first win, and I beat my buddy Clay. So suck it, Clay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you could say that's only four people, but you still drove against other people yeah, on the same yeah. track, and you yeah. won. I mean, that counts for something. So then the funny thing is that was just to shake the cobwebs out, and I got a trophy and everything, and um, 
So it was that was fun. And that was just supposed to shake the cobwebs out so I could race the next day. And it turns out that next morning, you know, I went to go wash the cart and I was just going to start it up just to make sure everything is cool. Because this is the engine that I built over the winter and its very first race, it uh, won. And nice. it, it wouldn't start. And I was like, what is going on? So I have to dig into the engine and the intake valve would stuck open. A tiny little metal shaving came off one of the rockers and got into uh, where the valve is and made it stick. That's not a good thing. So I'm tearing it apart and I'm, I'm like hunched over the bench and all of a sudden my neck and shoulders start hurting because I'm hunched over doing this work. Mm. And um, I just decided, okay, I'm not going to race on Sunday. I'm just going to miss the first race of, of, of the league. And it was disappointing and um, I, I was I was bummed, but I just I really don't want to overdo it. I don't want to set myself back. And my buddy Clay is uh, he's at the race, and he's like thirty four carts showed up, so like a lot of people. Like it was going to be a really mm. good day, and then it got rained out, and I was so so it was such a <laughs> selfish move to be so excited that it got rained out because all these people have waited all winter to race, and yeah, um, but it felt. I was so relieved. I'm like, oh, I don't have to miss the first race and I could have time to get ready. And um, so it turned out to be a good weekend and a good thing that I didn't, I didn't go. So um, yeah, I'm excited to kick off the season. That's awesome. I have a question about the race that you won. Yeah. Um, how did you do with the pull start there? I knew you had some friends there, but did they help you get it started or at, how was that? At this particular track, we were allowed to use the electric starter. So it's this big, uh, it's like a handheld thing, and it's got a little motorcycle battery on there. And uh, the the, um, the the pole starter is actually pulled off, and you have a, there's a little hole that gives you access to where the flywheel is. And so you can just take the starter, and you click the button, and it starts it right up. So nice. I didn't have to do any pole starting, and um, I didn't, actually, I didn't do any setup changes throughout the day. I was just like, I don't want to overdo it just wherever the card is at i'll just deal with it and i was pretty for the most part set up um the track was it's a new it was a brand new track it was a little rough and my cart was pushing a little hard which means when i wanted to go left it still wanted to go straight but it was good enough where i was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take any chances so hmm. the pulse or using the electric starter is a dream it's just so much easier. I just wish the the league that I was in allowed it, but its rules are rules, and I respect them. Yeah. Well, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you been working on anything outside of that? Um. So I think the next video is it's going to come out is uh, we talked about the hammer handle. I broke my hammer handle, so I'm remaking that. And then I don't normally do review videos. I've only done maybe a couple in my whole career and I'm doing a review video. This company reached out. I'm not going to give too many details cause I don't have my opinion formed of it, but it's this, um, it's a workbench for a workshop that is, uh, uh you can control the height electronically up and down. And the cool thing about the workbench is, and, th and the reason I said yes is cause I could use, I could really use one of these around the shop and I like the concept. It has memory settings. So if I wanted to put the workbench at 
table saw height, I can just hit one and it goes right to that height and it can be an outfeed table. Number two could be like the height from my planer. So I could just wheel it over to, to the planer and it can hold like 450 pounds of weight on top. And, um, so you can get the workbench in a couple of different configurations, a couple of different sizes. I chose the size that, without a top. So in my review, I'm going to unbox it, put it together, and then I'm going to make a top and then I'm going to use it at the end of the video and have my conclusion of what I, what I think of it. And it seems like a really cool product. Uh, everything seems promising. The reason I don't like doing review videos is because I feel like you're supposed to find something negative about products. And I, I don't hmm. feel good about that. Um, I understand that people want pros and cons. And so I, I told the company, like, I don't normally do review videos, but I really like this product. So yeah, I'd like to try it. And I, and I said, I'm going to say this in the video, like if I do come across a problem or something that I don't like, I will contact you first so I can hear your explanation and we can either correct the issue or talk about the issue on camera. But um, they don't get to review the video before I put it out and everything. So uh, re review videos are just weird. I have a hard time trusting them unless it's from a creator that I that I personally trust. So yeah, yeah. So a different type of video. And you could always like go into the video in the setup saying like here just before I you know mess with this thing at all. Here are my expectations of it. Mm. So we're gonna see if this matches my expectations. So I'm not looking for something wrong, but like. I get the feeling that it'll probably move too slow or it'll move too fast or whatever. And we'll see how that pans out. That you is know? a great idea. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Review videos are hard because mm -hmm. uh, they can, they can feel very, very positive or very, very negative, you know, depending on, you know, this is, this is what I tell people about my review videos. They say, will you review the product? They said, send it to me. If I use it, that means I like it. If I don't use it, it doesn't show up in the video. That means I just couldn't figure out how to use it. Simple as that. So if it appears, it's got my endorsement. If it doesn't appear, I'll give it away to a friend. Yeah. That's, yeah. Not a bad idea. I don't think you would get many things that would just show up with that in mind, but that's a pretty good way to do it. <laughs> well, Jimmy, what have you been up to? You get to either the full thumbs up or the thumbs down. Just I don't have to say anything. Um, very rarely has anybody ever sent me something that I didn't use. If I didn't, it was just a matter of logistics and just me being you know, a little forgetful. Um, is that, do I sound better like that? Yeah, that's not fair. Something's wrong. Maybe I need a new mic. This mic is pretty old. Um, I've been super busy with obviously everybody that is here. There's an army of people here now with this TV project. <laughs> And I asked them how we can do social media because they're going to start seeing some cross-pollinating paths any minute now, like as of last night and going forward toward the end of the week, everyone's going to be like, what is he doing there? And what is he doing there? But uh, we we asked the, how to handle social media and they just said, you could just call it a TV project until further notice, until we're able to say what it is. But I mean, family and friends know what it is, of course. And uh, it's it's crazy. There's just so many people here and so many people making decisions and and the placement of the room and the, you know, there's going to be cameramen. Everybody has to have a say. So I'm just keeping it really loose and easy. And uh, certain people are learning how to deal with uh, the frustrating feelings of having 30 people 
weigh in on anything. Oh, I'm boy. okay with it. I mean, I've been down this path. You know, there's a couple of people around that are a little frustrated. And Willie's mad that people are driving on the lawn. I said, Willie, there's two 50-foot trailers and a 30-foot bathroom truck on the lawn. It's like, get over it. They basically turned to me and they're like, because the lawn, this giant truck, like a giant, like an 18-wheeler type of truck, like the cab, but with the wheels, just the part with no trailer on it, pulled in these things, and he was stuck in the mud like six times. And the way Mm -hmm. we had to get him out was there's a baby genie or like a lull, like a mini lull, and it was the truck driver's idea. We put the extension boom really far out chained the guy's truck to it and pulled the boom back in. So we kept having to pull the guy out of the mud like 10 feet at a time. And uh, because when we try to spin the wheels on the genie, the all four wheels on that would spin as well. So it's lots of fun activity. It's like, uh, it's just crazy. And I'm just like, wow, this is, it's like a, it's like a parody of someone's life. It's crazy. Like, what's going on. And everyone's like, this is the real reality show. This is really, this should be the real reality show. Setting up a reality <laughs> show. Like everybody says that. And anyway, it's just been really fun. And it's a big learning process for everybody. And then, you know, my, my friends, like the, the carpenters that were here building, immediately got rolled into the payroll to build stuff for the show. And then Patrick, they didn't, for some weird reason, they didn't budget an electrician. So they thought they were just going to show up and just plug everything in. That's, you know, hundreds of thousands of watts of this and that. So Patrick needs to reroute some stuff. And then also the the ShopBot, ShopBot loaned me a second machine, by the way. They, a lot of people think that I just ended up getting another one. But the TV people pushed for it. They're like, can we get this machine? They, they, they did a review of all my stuff. And they're like, we need one of these machines. This will be a good character on the show. I was like, all right. They're like, I said, we're not moving this one. I said, because we're doing production on this one. So I said, if you want another one, you could buy one from ShopBot. And they said, do you think they would loan us one or whatever? I was like, here's the number you call them. You know, that's the good thing about having like these, these TV people. And then like, they want to hang up. We, we hung up the maker man sign on the inside of the, the, uh, the gable. And they're like, Oh, it's a little high. Can we lower it? I'm like, I did my job. I said, if you want it lowered, hire a sign team to lower it. I said, I'm done. <laughs> and they wanted one on the outside of the building. I got over putting holes in the front of my building. They're like, you know, bolt holes. So I'm like, I go, you want it on the outside of the building? Hire a sign company. He's like, no problem, we'll do that. I'm like, okay, go ahead, hire a sign company. <laughs> I do not want to be on my gravel driveway, 30 feet in the air on a scissor lift that's you know, meant to be on a you know, on a, on a flat concrete floor. And uh, it's already nerve-wracking being on the concrete floor that high in the air. So, uh, you know, they're willing to make lots of accommodations um, and, you know, do whatever we want, so... Just rolling with the punches and try not to take advantage. But uh, there are certain things that I need to do that, you know, so I can't do everything. So, and uh, Patrick is uh, working pretty hard on rearranging the electric. The DP showed up. He showed up with literally like a step van full of stuff shipped here from wherever he lives in the West Coast. So, like a giant rider truck showed up full of lighting equipment. So that room's getting kind of cramped as it is. We're actually getting rid of a few machines that we don't need, like surface planer and and uh, a joiner. We're not really going to use them. And if we do, they'll just be nearby. We'll just go forklift them and bring them back. But uh, there, there's... <laughs> no big that? deal. No yeah, big no, deal. No, we'll no, just we... forklift them and bring them back. <laughs> yeah, no, because I have my old beat-up forklift, but they, they rented this thing, which is incredible. It's so much fun to play with. But that we have that for three months, the genie, the blue thing that I've been moving stuff with. Um, but it's all exciting. There's no doubt it's exciting. The show's going to be a little like, it's not really going to be a YouTube video. It's going to be a little bit more 
like studio. They're going to shoot everything on tripods apparently today and tomorrow. They're all going to start getting the uh, the tripods and cameras in place. There's the, I walked into one of the two trailers that are like 50 feet long. I was looking for somebody and I hadn't gone into them yet, but they're, they're set up as offices. And I poked my head in and it is jammed, packed with camera equipment, like high tech cameras, like, you know, like the shutter doors that go on cameras, tripods. There is 8 million pieces of camera equipment. It's going to be like an eight camera shoot, it looks like. It's unbelievable. It is just is the, unbelievable. And it's all tripod? Yeah. You just mean like the majority of it is tripod? I, I'm like, it's, it's going to look like Lucille Ball. Everything's going to be on rolling tripods, apparently. But they're going to do some tests. I can't imagine there isn't going to be at least a little handheld. Uh, it seems impossible not to. But I don't know. We'll see what they go. Yeah. You know, I'm not on the, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's also, it's funny, you know, it's, uh, you got to be careful. Just like, oh, they want to do tripods? Interesting. And then you walk away, you go, I want to do tripods. But, you know, you got to, you got to be careful. You can't, like, it's not, it's like every single thing's not a committee decision. You know, you got to just like yeah. stay in your lane. And like so many people are asking me because it's my place and it's my shop. And they're like, why are they doing this? I go, I don't know. Why are they doing, can you believe that? I'm like, I don't know. It's not, it's not my job. It's not, you know, I'm like, I know I'll get paid. I'm not worried about it. And so it's interesting. It's like, why are they, how come he's doing that? I don't know. I don't know. Go ask him. I don't know. He's the guy doing it. You're curious about what he's doing. Go ask him. It's free. Curious about some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like, uh, are you, does what you get paid cover your electric bill? Are they paying the electric bill? Well, it's funny. Okay. So that's an interesting question. So, uh, once they realized Patrick was here and he understands the electrical grid of my house more than anybody, they said, since they were having trouble with a generator and the generator will literally start at six in the morning and run until everybody leaves at six at night. And it's just, it's, it's not that loud, but it, it becomes this like hum that's just constantly there. And, uh, so, uh, the technical producers in charge of all the technical stuff, he said to me, he goes, does your rent cover us using your electric? I said, well, not really. There's all rental fee cover your electric. I said, not really. He says, would you be okay if we tied into your house electric? And, you know, we just add a few hundred dollars extra a month. I was like, yeah, it's fine with me. And they, they gave Patrick the green light to tie into the machine shop. So Patrick put a cable that's like the size of my wrist. It's like a cable you'd see hanging from telephone pole, but a burial one. And him and Willie buried it on the ground. It goes to the trailers and it puts a hundred amps at both of the trailers. So now the trails and the, the main breaker is in my machine shop. It, that was a 200 foot run of wire. Like I said, that's it's like a t- one and a half inch, two inch diameter wire. Oh. And just that wire alone in copper, that wire, I'm guessing that wire is probably a couple thousand dollars just sure. for that piece of wire. Yeah, it's got to be. Is the city or county involved in like inspections and approvals and, and things like that? Oh, well, I, you know, the, the, the production company, I'm sure has all that figured out. You know, it's, they do all that stuff. They have their own insurance policy and not stuff. Not my job. <laughs> Seriously, since we're, you know, and we're not the neighbor, the, the guy that owns the milk run, you know, a lot of fans have been up here. They know the milk run, the big field beside the milk run. It's a giant, it's like a two acre field, three acre field. They own it. So I connected them with the milk runs owner. And he said, yeah, since I think we're buying all our food from the milk run, I think they said just use the field for parking if you want. They, he wouldn't take any money, which was very nice of Carl, the owner. And uh, so every day I could just kind of peek out my kitchen window and I can see right now. I see one, two, three, four, five. There's about five or six cars out there right now. And I see a mini city. 
Yeah. And it, so no one's coming to the house, which is nice. The house is completely off limits. And uh, it's crazy. Every day there's like new strangers zombieing around the yard. I'm like, do you want lunch? You- I'm like, okay, sure. What do you want? I'm like, uh, we're ordering from someplace I never heard of. I'm like, all right, all right give me a hamburger. Oh, okay, cool. And then uh, hmm. you know, an hour later, there's lunch there. So there is not, there's not a, there's not a cook or a chef that's providing food for everybody throughout the day. No, no, I, that would be the milk run, but that's gonna, that hasn't kicked in yet, you know, because it's still, this, we're still in pre-production. But when we start shooting in about a week from now, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be probably like you know, full. Everyone stop and eat. And everyone stop and eat. Everyone stop and eat. You know, three times a day. Yeah. Typically, right. but now it's just like everyone's just running around trying to figure out their things and. You know, who's a AC, who's the, you know, there's there's a, a team of COVID compliance people here. And in fact, I'm supposed to get a COVID test any minute, but I'll do it right after the show. The girl knows I'm busy. And That sounds fun. Yeah, it's fun. They, it's, it's the one where they just kind of wiggle inside your nostrils. It's not the deep, deep one. And um, I wasn't going to say, oh, so, and the way it's going, I'm literally just making myself completely available, like all day long for whatever I need to do and, you know, and we also have to set dress the place, which I have to like think about. What do I want on the walls? And there's a, uh, a couple of dressing girls that are here. They they went to my shop, and with my okay, we put a bunch of stuff in boxes, and they're going to bring it here and set dress the place like tchotchkes or TGI Fridays, and uh, <laughs> all cool stuff. Like, seriously, because they don't want the walls. To just a bunch be- of old roller skates stuck to the wall and yeah. stuff like that. It's funny because they're walking around, and I have junk from the flea market for years, and they're like is the box like can we take this i'm like yeah can we take that and then like you know we're not really paying attention i'm not really i'm doing other things like can we take the boxing gloves i'm like boxing gloves is boxing gloves and she's like yeah right there and i look i'm like oh yeah i remember buying those the pair of boxing gloves hanging on the wall from like the 1940s i i just want to point out uh use number 462 for your ice pick i think you just used it to scratch your back while you were talking I did. correct I did. you could probably hear me <laughs> slapping on the table right after i, used it. <laughs> I always great. use my to scratch the middle of my back um, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. So like I said, I compartmentalize my day to like about this week it's been. Today's Wednesday. I'm going to have to do the same thing because I have to submit a video. I promised my partners on the coffee stuff that I would make a video of me just promoting the coffee. And I was like, I'm not just going to stand on camera and say, buy my coffee. So I'm making a coffee grinder. I'm making like a, a, a steampunk coffee grinder out of just stuff in the machine shop that I'm digging up and finding around. And I really was just completely working in the dark. I had no idea what the end solution was going to be. And I'm walking around my shops, like taking breaks. I'm like, I'll be back in a minute. And I go to the shop and I'm just like, what can I make this Fakakta device out of? And I'm looking around and I found different parts of things. And so I finally, last night, I got a crystal clear vision of what it's going to be. And now it's the easy part is just making it. The hard part is like making the connectivity of the different this to that. And is it going to really work? And so I found all these tchotchkes in my, in my shop, hanging on the ceiling, on shelves, and it's it's it actually I'm really excited about it now. So that has to be out tomorrow because they're trying to coordinate it with a promotion. So I'm working every day with these guys until about six o'clock, seven o'clock, and then I just kind of dip out and just slowly say I'll be right back. And then I go to the machine shop for an hour, and then I come back. Is everyone okay? And like everyone starts leaving, and I'm like I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then I just go in the machine shop for another hour and just completely disappear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been. Curious if you were getting anything done or if this is just kind of like an no. so all-day distraction. With all of this, with all of this, I'm going to put out this video because I'm, I'm I'm like in the home stretch. I'm, I'm very comfortable knowing that I have like a good solid video now uh, as of last night. 
So I'm in the home stretch with this video. And then as soon as I get this video edited and ready to go, I have to immediately start working on my ArborTech video for a live live stream on Saturday that I promised I was going to do like three months ago. So <laughs> I'm like checking, like I texted Troy, I'm like, is that this weekend? Because like I see people reposting my picture with like Jimmy this weekend. I'm like, is that, is that, is that right this weekend? I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, why? Is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how to like find like six hours to make something. And then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Okay. So it's funny. I'm just stealing away. And Have you talked to anybody about whether or not you're allowed to shoot behind the scenes and, and put out a vlog? Um, I, I probably, I definitely will, you know, as long as I don't publish it until the time is right, I think they'll be okay with it. Like what April just did with her thing. Yeah. There's definitely going to be, you know, between me and the other people on the show, everybody's camera people. So you know, YouTube people. So we'll all be collecting footage for sure. And like I said, they're, they're probably going to be happy to take advantage of our audiences when the time is right. So I'm sure it'll be fine. And, um, what was I going to say? Besides that, it's 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 just fun and interesting. We'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But it's exciting. Hmm. It's just, yeah, it, it'll be it's, fun to see it like happen. Like a couple of people that are, a couple of people that are involved just keep saying, "I can't believe this has actually happened." Like any minute now, they're <laughs> expecting the plug to be pulled. I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? We changed our minds. We're going to do this next year." And it's like, "Is this really happening? Like, do I really have to get in my car and drive and spend three months at your house? Is this really happening?" I'm like. I guess so. It seems like three months. Whatever. April, May, June, July. Yeah. So like two and a half <laughs> to uh, May and June, all of May and June and the last week of April and the first week of July. Yeah. So whoa, two and a half months. I guess I didn't I mean, realize it was that much. Wow. Yeah. And then the interesting thing. So, and as far as equipment goes, they, they put three more shipping containers in my backyard for like materials and camera equipment. And it's crazy. Like I showed up the other day and there's like two containers next to my other two containers. And they're like, oh yeah, we're renting those. And then like, do you think we can get another one? I'm like, you can put one right here. There's like a little space. These are shorties. They're not the really long ones. I have two really long ones. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday they painted the, the, one of the art girls painted them black. So I'm going to have five black shipping containers all along my driveway going to my shack. So what you need to do is sneak out there one night and put your name on the side of all of them. And then when it's time for the shoot, the shoot's over and they're like, oh, we got to return these. And they're like, no, those are mine. They have my name on them. <laughs> well, th- that's funny. <laughs> Just like reason, everything else. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing it up is because like, let's say it's it feels like a like a, a hit, you know, or it feels like, oh, this could happen again. You know, there's a potential for this happening again. If we get in that vibe, like partway through the shoot or even by the end of the shoot, everything has to stay the same. Everything has to stay the same, you know, in anticipation of doing it again. So even if that was like a year away, they would would try and preserve it. You know, they'd give it a legitimate, you know, a rational amount of preservation time. They say it would leave everything as is for, you know, four or five more months. Yeah, six months. So. Shopbot's going to come and take that machine in July, supposedly. If it gets to that point, I mean, they're just going to have to buy it from them and just have it as a you know a set piece. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. So, it? like, okay, well, how would that work then? If you, this is probably not interesting for people who are listening, but I'm just curious. How would that work if if they said that they were like keep it all the same, 
And then you had decided that you were going to continue working on the barn. Like you were going to put up the second floor or you were going to. Which is a possibility. Absolutely a possibility. Um, So you just just, couldn't? Or. I'd come, we'd come to that one. You know, we'd say season two, new and improved with the second floor, more stuff on the second floor. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. We don't even have a name yet and we don't know when it's going to air. That's the two questions every single person asks me. What's it called and when is it going to air? I'm like, we didn't even shoot first episode. So if this is a total clunker, clunker, you know, who knows? But I don't know. They know. You never really come up with the name until, in my experience, we've never really come up with a solid name of a, like a show that we began to shoot until like we have a few episodes in and everyone gets a vibe for something that feels right. There's a couple of names in the works, but nothing is conclusive. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty cool. But I am excited about my coffee grinder video. I, I have a strong feeling it's going to work well and it's going to look cool. And like the way I pulled different parts together i even i even surprised myself because i like hmm. i have this vision of what i know i want and i'm like i could make it from scratch which would be extremely time consuming especially when you're doing machining on steel and brass or i could just try and look around and find resources which makes it more accessible for somebody at home to like watch a video and say oh i could do something similar if i just like take a few minutes to find you know, that puzzle piece that could potentially be grafted into this other group of puzzle pieces. Yeah. And so, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy about the video that was like driving me nuts Monday morning. I woke up Monday morning being like, how is this ever going to happen? And uh, Mm. like I said, now I'm in the home stretch. I just have to do just a few connectivity pieces and then I think I'm going to be good. So I'm happy about that. But um, besides all that, I can't complain. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. Well, uh, let's see. Me, I'm still doing kitchen stuff. Imagine that. Kind of, kind of done. I mean, I'm not done, but I'm kind of done. You know. Do you have yeah. your stove yet? Uh, you said that was going to take a long time. Yeah. So uh, the appliances all showed up last week, which is really awesome, and we got our gas hooked up. Had some plumbers come and run a gas line to the area where the new stove was going to go. So we, and then I hooked up a dishwasher. I got our sink temporarily hooked up. We don't have countertops, so our faucet is mounted in a piece of plywood over top of the sink <laughs> for now. But we have a working sink, working dishwasher, and a working oven. And so technically it's a kitchen. Did you use all packs, I'm assuming? Uh, no, actually, we didn't have to run any new plumbing. We oh, you just used what was there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it just it didn't need to move. So it was just a matter of reconnecting everything, which is... Nice because it, that part could happen really quickly, but like the electrical work I did to move the two forty line to where the oven is, that was, I, I technically I knew it was correct and everything, and I even had my electrician friend like just verify that everything I was doing was good and you know, uh, high enough gauge wire and all that stuff. But when I actually flipped the breaker and turned the oven on, it was just really gratifying to be like yeah. oh wow yeah okay cool i didn't screw up somewhere that i didn't know about you know anyway so that's those are up and running which is really cool but i'm at a point now where i'm still making drawer fronts and doors i've had to remake a few because they're just like a little bit too short or a little bit too like the spacing was kind of weird and so i've had to modify things a little bit and what i'm doing is putting all of the drawer faces and doors on everything unpainted to make sure that everything lines up and is correct and can get it all square and then I'm going to take them off and label them and paint them and put them back on 
because uh, I'm having to like trim edges and things like that. So it's just easier to do that before paint. I don't know if it's easier. That's the way I'm doing it. But the th- weird thing about that is we haven't decided on our paint color yet. And we're in that process. We, we ordered countertops, which are going to take like another month or something. Mm. Um, and then we have a sample of those. And so we're trying to pick a paint color based on the sample. And so it's this weird, like a bunch of sequential pieces that all take a lot of time. And so, you know, we had to wait on this thing to do this thing and then this thing to do this thing. And so now we're waiting on countertops to show up. And so I'd like to have everything painted before they show up so that when they're on, it's kind of done. Um, But we just haven't been able to pick that color yet. And so I can't finish the cabinets. I can't finish any part of the cabinets because they're unpainted. And can't do the countertops, obviously. And we can't hang the lights over the island because until we see the countertop and it's overhang, because we're going to have benches (laughs) on one side, until we get that, I can't really hang the lights because I don't know exactly where they're going to go. And we can't put on hardware until we have paint on the doors. And, you know, it's just like a bunch of those things where I I don't feel like any piece is accomplished. So I I, I can't imagine the 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 pain of trying to find the right color for everything a potential tip maybe it's maybe it's not a tip at all but the adobe color app for your phone if you what it uses your camera and you can like take a picture of something and then it gives you a color palette from that picture that really could be something that could help you like at least narrow it down like you take take a picture of the countertop or the entire room and it pulls in a color palette and you can pick something from there. So that's a, uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. So one of the things that we're, I don't want to say dealing with because we set this up, but the reason that we're having a hard time picking a color is because, well, number one, we're super indecisive and paint colors have always been a problem, but we also ordered a yellow stove. So our whole range and hood are bright yellow and I just know the comments of how people are going to hate it. You know, <laughs> I don't care because those people are not my wife. My wife likes it. I like it. That's it. <laughs> but trying to get a countertop and a wall, the walls are white. Trying to get a, a countertop and a cabinet color that goes well with that yellow. There's a lot of opportunity, but finding the right one, you know, finding the right gray or the right white or the right blue or whatever. So it's just a lot of, you know, getting samples and holding up swatches and we just squint your eyes, thing. but hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And, and lighting is, is tough too, because we tried to look at it last night and we don't have all the lighting in the room yet. So looking at it at night is kind of incomplete. You don't have the correct eventual light on the, those surfaces next to each other. And then if you do it during the day, you know, that helps, but you still, you have to be able to see it in in a natural lighting and in artificial lighting so we can not quite do both yet but anyway that's what we're working on we're trying to pick that color because once we get that color then we can actually start finishing certain sections like the the island is ready to be painted it's done i just have to be able to paint it so but you know it's a lot of little i don't know um like specific stuff i'm just like i made a panel our dishwasher is a panel ready dishwasher so it doesn't have a front and you make a panel to put on the front of it to match your cabinets, which is pretty cool. And so, you know, doing stuff like that, that's very custom. It has to fit perfectly and it's a little different than all the other cabinet pieces. And um, I'm at the stage 
where all of the manufacturing of cabinets is done. You know, it's like no more big carcass, like where I'm spending two days making carcasses or two days making drawers or 10 days making drawers or whatever. Now I'm down to the custom pieces and they take a little bit longer. And it's a lot of walking up and down the stairs, you know, to check a thing and then go back down. So don't mean to complain. That's just where I'm at. And it's it it feels like I've made a lot of progress, but then it slowed down a whole lot. So now I'm just kind of, you know, weeding through all of the the little work. But I'm really excited about getting uh, something completed in there because I feel like as a renovation, as a big project, it's it's become we still have more videos to do out of it, but it's become less video worthy because of it's like all minutia at this point. Yeah. That's a, and so yeah. It's, it's a not as repetitive big, like, and it's it's hard like yeah. connecting wires and stuff unless you're looking right at the camera. What I'm doing here is connecting this to that. Right. Which is not I'm not the person to do that, right? Like I don't want to give electrical advice or anything like that. So um so at this point we're we're at a place where it's harder to pull video out of this stage of kitchen, but we still have to actually do the manual labor and the work to get it done so that we can just get it off the list. So that's where I'm at. And then we've started a few other projects that um, I just, I thought they were going to be like kind of fun, easy, not easy, but like interesting, smaller things. And every, both of them have run into to technical problems, like where I thought this one electrical thing was go, totally going to work. Like there's no reason it shouldn't work and it just doesn't work. And another thing I'm having to, you know, I had to order a special Forstner bit because the Forstner bits I have are not metric. And there's like this one specific size I had to w- get and I had to wait a week for that Forstner bit to show up. Just like weird stuff like that. And so I have the kitchen and all of these other projects in progress, but they're all stuck. And so it's been kind of a weird thing. I was going to, this is not what we were planning on talking about today. We can get to that in a minute, but I was going to talk to you guys about, you know, Josh is on vacation right now. Anthony was here yesterday and we shot for about 10 minutes. And the rest of the day, I was like, I have tons of stuff to do in the kitchen, things to accomplish that are not video worthy. But he's sitting here waiting for something to do. And he's not complaining. He's not anything like that. But as a person who employs somebody, I want them to have something to do. It's not fun to be in a job where you have no work to do, where you cannot do the thing that you were hired to do. And that's one thing I've been struggling with a lot over this last year or so is doing bigger projects or doing complex projects are not always video worthy or or like parts of them have to be done, but are not worth shooting. And I'm trying to figure out how, how to create a, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what I'm asking exactly. How do you create like a, a stuff to do? for someone that doesn't require you to be present. And Jimmy, I was curious about this because I know you've got um, different people kind of in and out all the time. Aaron is, you know, seems to be around a lot, but how do you have things other than like manufacturing, which I I see could keep somebody busy, but how do you have like a queue of things to do that are productive that don't require you? there's, There's always things like, for instance, now obviously the ice pick is always selling. So Aaron's got a really good handle on Ice pick inventory. Aaron's amazing because you know he's had military training for many years. I mean, he was in the military for ten years, so he's got a really good discipline of finding things to fix. And Aaron's job in the military was maintenance, so 
if he finds a window of opportunity to, with nothing to do, he'll like literally clean the CNC machine. He goes, CNC machine's all greased up, ready to go. As if like we're on the deck of an aircraft carrier. It's crazy. Mm. I mean, it's so good. Like he called the forklift guy the other day to come in and give us an assessment of the forklift. And, you know, he always finds opportunities to just like do stuff that is ultimately necessary. Might not be necessary that moment, but there's a window in time. Let's take care of it. And there's always ice picks, you know? So he's like, you know what? We're going to take a couple hours to do ice picks. And we could stamp ice picks. We got the new machine now, this big fly press that stamps ice picks. So, you know, if I have a moment of time, I'll sit at it. But, it, you know, he always can do it. Or, you know, we got to cut tubes. We sell a lot of ice picks now. So we're really like going to like, anytime there's window, that's a good thing. Or there's organization. Right. Like my, we have a, we call it the junkyard alongside my shop, my scrappy shop. There's piles of metal, leftover metal from every job. Nothing is organized. When we need something, it just sounds like thunder back there. Someone trying to find the piece they need. Just rolling through all the different long tubes of metal. There's always, you can always organize the the, the forklift ramp or the loading dock in front of my building. You can always, you know, so it's, it's always something to do. Mike works for me part-time, Mike the fireman. So when he has two or three days off a week, he'll come hang out with us for a few hours at a time. And he's like, what do you need me to do? I go, just you know, organize this, organize that. I'll find something to organize. I'll just say straight up. I got yeah. so much junk that there's always something to reorganize or push around or move or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you just never know. But that's the same. That's the main reason, personally, why I never hired a cameraman. Brett was Brett was a cameraman. Brett Brett was good at the cameraman, but you know that, that was just a coincidence. He was really his responsibilities were more of the shop stuff, but. Uh, that's why I never had a cameraman or even an editor. You know, if I had an editor that lived near me that made life easy because he edited a bunch of other things, that would be great. You know, I could just keep feeding him footage. But I, you know, I tried this thing where we we do big transfer drops to somebody in the country. I just, it's just always a pain. I spend more time dealing with that than I would have just editing. Like last night, I shot all my footage for the coffee grinder. And Derek showed up last night because he's involved in this project. So while Derek and I were sitting here just catching up, in about 25 minutes, I got I got a fine cut with everything that I had shot. So in 25 minutes, that would have been the amount of time I would be taking to try and upload it to some server to, to deal with. I think, and then I get it back. I'm like, where's the main piece? So it didn't get transferred, you know. Yeah. So if I ever had an editor that lived in East Storm or close nearby that was good at editing but didn't need to rely on me as an income, you know was editing for 10 other people or even for themselves, that would make life a little bit easy. But I wonder if we should scrap our topic idea and just talk about (laughs) what do you do when you don't have anything to do, which is we never not have something to do, but there's always stuff that we want to get to that we never do. Well, it's funny. Like I I look at my time talking, we could talk right into that. (laughs) I talk about, I look at my time. Like if I could flip the computer around and you can look at my desk, like the front, the table. And I, all winter long, I do this podcast in the kitchen because my office is cold. Now that it's warming up, I'll be back in my office soon. But the clutter in front of me is like, is how I, I visualize my schedule for the day. It's like, <laughs> I can only, if I pick up this pen, I can only hold this pen while it's in my hand. Like this is the only thing in my intention. So if I'm, if I have a moment in time, I'll focus that moment on whatever that is. That's like, if you look at my Instagram stories, I'm literally like helping Patrick pull cable. And the next minute I'm like at the machine shop doing something on the lathe. And then 10 minutes later, I'm, you know, reorganizing something over at the main shop. And 
So my, my schedule is like that, but I have to mentally compartmentalize like, okay, from now to now, I'm just doing this. That's it. Like Derek showed up last night and he said hi to everybody. And then I said, I have to work and he could respect that. He'd be like, cool. And I went to the machine shop for two hours at like maybe nine o'clock. I was there till about 11. Nobody bothered me. And in fact, Derek said, I had a run interference. A couple of people wanted to go say hi to you in the machine shop. Some of the people from the show that was still here late. He goes, I told them just to leave you alone. <laughs> said, Thank you. Because <laughs> it would have been like, oh, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Let me show you what I'm doing. And then I wouldn't shut up. And then all of a sudden now it would be gone. And I, that's an hour of progress. Are you sure you're doing that right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that how you want to do that? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that you could. Is this your job? Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> Hey, am I at your job asking you a million questions about your job while your job isn't getting done? I'm like, yeah, 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 it's cool. Huh? It's so cool that you get to do this and do nothing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do anything. I just sit around and fantasize. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. it's, t- it's tough. Like, I know I've talked uh, at length about, you know, the schedule, the weekly schedule being like a problem and stuff. And a couple of months ago, I made the decision to all of the guys here. I said, you know, like, we're we're letting go of the weekly thing. And if we can get something out on a weekly basis, awesome. But we're going to focus on getting the videos to be what they need to be, not trying to hit dates anymore. Uh, other than, you know, there's sponsor things. Sometimes you have to hit and whatever. But, and that's been difficult to let go of, that that pressure, that thing that keeps you on. Um, but at the same time, it does help with like, you know, if, if a project gets stuck, or if I'm I have the work to do in the kitchen that's not necessarily video worthy, it allows me to do that and just not feel like that actual work I need to do is in the way of the work that I need to do, it, you know, in the way of the video release. And so it helps a little bit, but it's also been really difficult. But I think it's just hard to keep all this, the plates spinning when I don't have the that pressure of the weekly thing. I think there's something there I'm still trying to figure out of like, you know, letting things, things still have a schedule. They're just not weekly. So I'm still trying to hit scheduled dates that we've decided ahead of time. But it feels a little bit uh, more difficult to just, you know, like, well, I can just set this thing down and not worry about it because I'm not trying to get it out next week. Whereas a few months back, I would be hurrying through something just to get it done to meet a deadline. And so I don't know, it's, it's been good, but it's also kind of weird. And then there's a bunch of things, and we've talked about this many times, there's a bunch of things that are just part of work that you have to do that aren't necessarily productive. They're just part of the job. They're just things you have to accomplish. And it feels like those things sometimes will just get backed up, you know, and there's this whole load of stuff where I really just need to take a week and tell everybody to go home and just put my head down and organize the things and write the emails and, you know, file this tax paper thing that I need to do and all of that type of stuff. And I think I'm just probably in a place where it's, it's a, this combination of that type of stuff and all the work left to do in the kitchen and the videos that I'm trying to accomplish are kind of halted, you know, so it's just kind of a weird place being stuck there's no doubt the pressure of uh, a deadline or the pressure of whatever is a great motivate motivating factor for what I do. Like I have to have the pressure. Otherwise I am not productive. I think to myself all the time, 
I would love to just take two weeks off of no video shooting, no editing, no making, and just take care of all the other things. Like the, uh, you know, the website could use so much more work. Um, I could, uh, I, there's things I want to do with merchandise and there's shop improvements that I need to do to make me more productive. But I know that if I took those two weeks off of making videos, that I wouldn't be productive because I hate doing all of that stuff. And I would just get started and I'm like, this is not what I want to do. This is not fun. And I would just kind of take my time and I wouldn't get the things done in the, in the two weeks. And I would just find myself going back to shooting videos because that's what I know how to do. And that's what I like to do. I, I like the approach of, and this is what a lot of people do, a lot of doctors, and I learned this from a doctor many years ago. Um, you call it harm reduction. When if, if, instead of killing yourself saying, oh, I need to quit smoking. If you smoke less, that's harm reduction. Lately, I've been trying to eat less sugar, you know, and everyone right away is like, oh, your face is skinny. I believe it's because I'm not eating sugar in the middle of the day all the time, you know, the cakes and candy and all the other stuff I typically would eat. Um, so it's harm reduction. It's like, I'm not going to, panic that I'm not at my diet goals. It's just harm reduction. And it's the same thing with like your, your to-do list. You call it harm reduction. It's like, so hmm. you're not jammed up having to do all the accounting. You know, like my, I have an accountant and he has all my stuff through QuickBooks, but he doesn't have my credit card statement. So every week he's like, you know, I need to see all your auto, uh, sorry, every month or every quarter. He's like, let me see your, uh, uh, I have to go on and get the PDFs for, you know, my American Express and send all that stuff to him. And that's always what the last thing is like, I need it now, you know, I've ignored his email 17 times and then I have to, <laughs> so I, I consider it harm reduction to get him at least one of those instead of the list of five or six or, you know, so it's just the idea of harm reduction. And it also alleviates your, your, your mental pressure. Like if it's like, Oh, I got the giant pile of boxes. Let me take 15 minutes, slice up the boxes, pack them so that they can then get ready for recycling. Like that, instead of just walking by the pile all the time and being like, oh, God, I hope that doesn't go on fire. Oh, I hope that doesn't go on fire. You know, pack it yeah. up. and You know, so it's just harm reduction throughout the day. And, and that's kind of what I, that's why I say my, my schedule of my life looks like a junk table because it's always like in the middle of all that. It's like, let me uh, answer this email. Let me, let me just go make sure I do that. And so I find myself running in circles and I'm not complaining. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I wouldn't trade my life for anything right now, but just that idea of harm reduction. So as you go through your day, you got to ask yourself, what is the one thing I could do right now in this window? Well, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to walk to the bathroom. What can I do when I'm in that section of my daily routine? Oh, let me, you know, let me, let me send uh, Kevin, the accountant, you know, my American express PDF. Yeah. And I should just send them the password, but I don't know what the password is. It's like buried in my computer. I figured I, that's the other thing. I could take five minutes to find out what my password is, but he's got the time. And that's what I'm like. And isn't it funny? It drives me crazy because you go into Keychain or whatever it's called in Apple and they don't make it easy to find out what your password is. So what you should do, and I know you won't because I think I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You should get a password, uh, an application that manages your passwords. Would I have to have a password for that? Yeah, but then you have to know one password. And then that will give you access to all of your other passwords and you can actually share them with people specifically. And so like there's a bunch of these different ones that do basically the same thing. I use one called one password. There's one called dash lane. There's other ones, but you can. I'm already, keep, have, I'm um, already feeling anxiety. 
it's it's actually it it's a habit to get into of putting stuff in there but then you have um like plugins for your browsers that will automatically if you go to create a new account on a new website or whatever it'll save it to your to your password manager so that you have and uh, this is kind of built into the iphone and stuff now too yeah so yeah that's that's what i mean that's like i never pick the one it's like would you like this super strong password that has 325 letters and if you're on some strange browser you'll never know what it is you have to reset your password every time no i'll just and so it's handy for that that i know because it'll generate those and then if you do that on your phone but then you're at your computer you can just you can autofill that and stuff. So mm. it, it does save time and makes it a lot easier. I use one and I've used it for years and it's awesome. My wife does not use one and she constantly is forgetting passwords and having to reset them. And so what I've started doing for the things of hers that I manage, like company email and you know different things like that, I set up her account and I put it in my one password. So when <laughs> she doesn't know what that thing is, I can look up that password. That's only for a few things, but still it's just... It's just one of those little things that's an extra step, but when it comes like the time that you need to share a password with somebody or you need to log into the thing you haven't been into for two years or whatever, it's worthwhile. But anyway, that's my tech tip for the day. I was just, uh, I, I've used 1Password for a long time, ever since uh, one of my accounts got hacked like 12 years ago or something. But I've recently switched to the Apple keychain thing, whatever, because it works fairly well and it works on apps on your phone and stuff it does kind of stink when you have to dig into keychain and and find a password i think that could be a little bit better there are still certain applications for example fusion 360 it always logs me out and it's not a website <laughs> it's an application yeah and few and i don't have an easy rememberable password because it's one of these auto-generated things and like i always have to go and dig and find my fusion 360 password just to use the stinking application that already took five minutes to open um I, yeah it password is passwords are a pain it's it's, it's a yeah. super pain point i wish they were sponsoring this but with one password <clears throat> um we i have a team account so if I log into like I create an account for the business, I can share that with the team. And so the guys can have their own personal passwords within their account and they can see the team stuff. So, you know, if we're doing like some shipping company or whatever, I can just send that to the team and they can all. Log. And so it makes it easy to kind of pass stuff around, which has been really handy. I just wrote it down one password. So that's my harm one. reduction on the stress about one password. So I just wrote it down. So that's the beginning of my harm reduction is to at least try to remember it. Yeah, well, there you go. go. So right. now I don't have to worry about it until right. whatever. <laughs> now, you, now you can, you've written it down and you never have to do anything else about it. <laughs> but that's honestly, that, that is a good anecdote anecdote or a good resolution to a lot of stresses. So, you know, just do a little bit of everything. And I say this all the time, yeah. like when it's a project yeah. every day, I just got like the trailer, the enclosed trailer. I just got five weeks added to my deadline, which is amazing. I think I told you guys that last week, but uh, so if I just move it along a little bit. And then also I have a great sense of relief when I could mentally figure out something. Like I find a lot of stress comes uh, from like, you know, getting back to the original point of like trying to figure out how to keep somebody busy that you're paying. You want to make sure they're having a fulfilling experience working for you. And you also want to make sure you have some productivity and, you know, the mental stress is like not knowing what that answer is. That's the mental stress about a lot of things. And, you know, when it came to my 
current example is the coffee grind. The mental stress was, what's this thing going to do? How am I going to make it work? How is it going to look interesting and not just utilitarian? And I don't even know. I, I, am I going to have to literally fabricate every part I have in my vision? But once those things like, oh, okay, I know I don't have to fabricate it. It's just that. Now I only have to worry about connectivity. That's the easy part. And so the stress is gone. And I don't have to leave myself an eight-hour window at the end of the day. I only have to leave myself like a two-hour window because I know that's all I need to make the connectivity as opposed to like an eight- or seven-hour window, you know, work until three in the morning to just try and figure out how to make anything work. So the idea, the point I'm making is like the stress goes away once you mentally can figure it out. The physicality of it is not nearly as hard as the mental stress like of the execution is the easy part yeah exactly whether it's like okay now i know we got to organize the shop so guys organize the shop while i'm busy with the tv folks or oh i know i'm just going to use the piece of this lamp and this screw base you know which actually is what's going to be in the video and that's easy that's the easy part mm. the, you know the, the the hard that's the hard part that's solved now the easy part is i think the that might that might be part of my issue is that i don't i don't leave enough room to just like do that problem solving, the mental part of that is like, I'm always trying to fill the time with the physical, the execution part, but I can't like it. I can't make the thing that I don't know what it is. And I have, I don't allow a kind of scheduled or decided time. That's just for like, what could this thing be? You know, what could it be made out of? How could it work? I just don't have that built in and I really need to, because that feels like that time of me thinking is time that everybody else is sitting around waiting for me to do something, which I know is like super narcissistic to think that way, but that's not what I mean. I just, it's hard for me to justify that just thinking time, even though that's an absolutely necessary part of what we do. I don't allow for that in my, myself. Well, the good thing, the good thing is, is that, like I said, once I, uh, pretty much with anything, the thinking is always happening behind the scenes, of course. And it is, you really got to focus on like, like, uh, I found this lamp yesterday and I just like took that lamp and stuck it in my brain. I, I, yesterday in the morning, I went to the shop and I tried to find a bunch of scrappy some things just to feed my subconscious so that throughout the day, when I was done with all the TV stuff and the answering the questions and moving stuff, I was like, Okay. And it actually happened. It worked like a dream. Like I went in the morning, I mm. fed my brain with a bunch of junk at the main shop, looking around, what could I be? I got a piece of brass, a tube, a solid rod, or this old broken lamp. And then I was like, throughout the day, like if I waited till the end of the day to do that, my subconscious wouldn't have been working nearly as hard as it did to come up with the answer. So you know what I'm saying? It's like, even if you take mm. a few minutes to get your hands and visuals on some things and then just leave it, you're like, okay, this junk drawer of stuff could potentially have the solution. And then, and then you go, oh, somebody, I owe somebody money apparently. Um, <laughs> no, I just got a big, it says a big number. It's like, could you pay this this week? I'm like, who are you? So I think it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, um, David, we should do that. We should just yeah, send him yeah, emails and be like, yeah. hey, can you pay me this amount of money? <laughs> anyway, so uh, I think you just gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta feed that thing. So you gotta overlap. You gotta overlap tasks and, yeah, the idea of thinking while you're doing other stuff. So I could hang shelves and decorate the shop. That doesn't require a lot of thinking. So I could physically be doing that while I'm mentally trying to solve the more important thing of like, how am I going to create this object this week that has to be on camera and be visually interesting and entertain and actually and actually work. So yeah, I don't know. 
lot of weird cool. stuff this week. Well, uh, we're about an hour in. You guys got anything else on this topic? This mm. random accidental topic that you want to talk about? <laughs> harm reduction. Think about like that. Harm reduction. You know, it's like cool. and, and I, I, I talk, Andrew, uh, Andrew Alexander, my my partner on Fits All Podcast. He is he constantly is like picking on me because he like well, we've gone on trips together and this is like he goes, man, dude, all you're eating is junk, junk, and you know, cakes and candies. He goes, can't eat that. And he's like skinny mini. He goes, I don't eat any sugar or any bread unless like he's a chef, so he'll eat bread if it's like artisanal or good bread. But in general, he doesn't eat any of that stuff. And he kept hammering it into me. And so like, I get my change back. I'm like, let me get a brownie. I'm like, don't get a brownie. You know, it's like sort of an addiction. So his, his, he's in the back of my head. So the point uh, I'm bringing up is harm reduction. It's like, I just, just don't get that for now. Just don't get that for now. You know, if I ate, like, say, for instance, three cakey candy things in a day, if I eat one in a day, I'm not going to kill myself, but it's less than what I was doing the day before. So right. the idea of harm reduction. There's something reduction. about delayed gratification in those moments, too, like picking up a bag of candy when you're, like, buying lumber or whatever. I've started doing that on occasion. Yeah. And I, I realized that if I do that, then it's going to be around, and I don't really eat many sweets anyway. Yep. But if I don't do that... Then at the end of the day, when my wife makes chocolate chip cookies, I'm like, I don't feel bad about having right. a couple of cookies, right? Because right. I haven't eaten like junk throughout the day. The same thing that you're saying, but like I've seen that within myself, and I'm not somebody who typically even oh. eats a lot of. Tra- stuff, Everyone's going to identify with this tractor supply. If you live in a rural area and you go to a tractor supply, get a Charleston chew, a couple of uh, you know such <laughs> and suches on the way, a couple of uh, peanut brittles, pepperoni sticks, you know. Your stomach's doing backflips by the time you get home. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters real quick. Um, Big thanks to Odin Leather Goods, Corey from Makeshape Create, Rich at Lowen Designs, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, You Can Make This Too, Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward. But there's a big list of other people over there, and we are grateful for everybody. Um, If you want to get the after show... You can get it at any level, no matter what level you support. And we've had several new people uh, sign up in the past couple weeks. Big thanks and welcome. Hope you enjoy the after show. It's like another separate podcast. And since we're going long today, it'll probably go long as well. I don't know. We end up talking about secret stuff. And I've got a secret thing. I've got a secret thing you two know about. But uh, it's significant for me. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you more details about that. I want to... Yeah, so we'll talk about that in the after show. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but anybody that supports us at patreon.com slash making it gets that after show. So go help us out. Go get that more content if you want it. And even if you don't support us over there, thank you for listening. Thanks for being like a you know a listener and a supporter and, and stuff of what we do. It's it's very, very cool. And I got a, a message from somebody, and I I don't have it in front of me. Oh, it was a comment. That's what it was. They said that they had been listening to this podcast since the beginning, I think, and they just watched one of my videos for the first time. I saw that. I think I saw that comment. That's really, I don't know why, like, that's really cool. And I don't know why that's really cool to me. I haven't figured out exactly, like, it just, it seems neat because it, it seems like in my mind, this podcast is the place somebody would go if they like all three or at least two of us, you know, <laughs> like some of us and they just want to, <laughs> nobody likes all three of us. I get it. But like, you know, if somebody likes some of us and they want to get more. And so it's really interesting that somebody 
listen to the podcast. They probably came in through one of you two, you know, and then just was never interested enough in what I do to watch a video. I don't take offense to that at all. I just think it's really cool that somebody could enjoy this thing and then is willing to check out something that I do. From it might have been on Twitter or something because I know I saw that comment and uh, I thought to myself, wow, that person's going to be so excited to see how much content you have. <laughs> Seriously, you know, it's like yeah. it's not like we just started doing YouTube. We've got, you know, we each have hundreds right. of videos. So yeah. if someone just discovers you, it's like, oh, dude, oh, come on, let me show you. Oh, come, look, let me show you everything. Come on in, let me show you everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a seat. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's really cool, and I'm glad that person left that comment. It made me made me happy. But I'm glad that we have people that just listen to the show, uh, you know, regardless of why they're here, how they got here, any of that stuff. I'm glad that you're listening. So thanks for that. I've got a fun video to recommend. Uh, I'm, so I'm going to go first because I actually <laughs> have a pick this week. So uh, you've heard me talk about Rob Scallon before, the guitar genius uh, on, on YouTube. And I've made him a couple of guitars. I made him a shovel guitar several years ago. I made him a B-Bender guitar uh, last, I guess it's been just over a year. And... I when I was making my semi hollow body guitar recently, you know, he and I talk on occasion, and so I sent I was sending him pictures as I was building it and getting his feedback and stuff like that because I was really proud of it. And so he, you know, gave me some feedback and thought it was really cool that I was building a guitar from scratch. Well, he put out a video with a friend of his who does woodworking, and it's called "Building a Guitar from Scratch," and it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It is so funny. So. It's about 45 minutes long or something like that. But basically, he and his friend who does like furniture, builds furniture and stuff, they meet up in a Home Depot parking lot and Rob tells him like, hey, we're going to start a guitar company together and we're going to build a guitar prototype right now. And he's like, what? (laughs) And so they go in and they buy some lumber from Home Depot and then they go to the guy's uh, driveway with his woodworking tools and they build a guitar in like 10 hours, I think, in... You just gotta watch it. It's hilarious. It's so funny. It's yeah, it really is. It's it's really good. Recommended. It's very good. It's it's a lot of fun to see. Two. He's really good at guitar, but he's never made one. This other guy's good at woodworking, but has never made a guitar. So you know, kind of the crossover between the two is really enjoyable. Rob's a lot of fun. So go check that out. What do you guys have? Uh, so you guys probably everybody listening probably knows like the a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, are incorporating ideas from the TV world. So some of us have editors, some of us have uh, videographers, and the production is getting better and more quote-unquote TV-like. Well, I have a TV show that is very YouTube-like, and it's called Amy Schumer <laughs> Learns to Cook. And Oh, yeah, it was yeah one- I've heard about this. Yeah, it was like uh, just randomly watched an episode on Hulu because it was recommended and we just needed something to have on in the background. And she's with her, I believe it's her husband. I don't know, boyfriend or husband who is a chef and they are filming the show by themselves in, in like uh, in their house. And it is very low production and it's on TV. Like this is on the food network. So it's um, I, I like, I found myself, 
as Kelly and I were watching it, I'm like, no, they need to film it this way. Like they could do so much better. Like I was like throwing advice at the TV screen <laughs> while watching this. Like, Doing do the this. thing that everybody does to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do it like I want. Yeah. So um, it's fun. Amy Schumer's fun. hilarious. So. I'm just looking through my my list and trying to find someone to recommend. Do you guys know? Uh, I probably talked about weird. Do you guys follow Weird History? Yes, yes, I love Weird History. Yeah, Weird History is a great channel. And so I, I, that's like it's kind of like uh, it's just fun little facts about the world. I'm just looking at just a couple of minutes ago. They posted one: the Pinkerton Agency laid the foundation for the FBI. So, you guys know what the Pinkertons are? Pinkertons. No. Oh, you guys never heard of the Pinkertons? Did you ever see like a stagecoach and the guys are going and it's got like the bag of money, the box of money, and then the guys come out with the guns and like give us the stagecoach money, you know? The Pinkertons were guys that would transport money. Like, so they were like armed guards. So, like, because stagecoaches were getting robbed so often in like the 1800s that the Pinkertons were basically like a, a, an armed guard agency. They just developed hmm. their own, and then that was the beginning of like armed transportation of money and stuff. And if you find an old case from like the 1850s or the 1840s that say the Pinkertons on it, like it's very rare piece of of American history. You know, if it's just like a stagecoach box with like latching lids, you know, when you find something back then, it's like, there's like no way any of that stuff is secure in the slightest bit, but that was the secure version of it at that time, you know, Hmm. like no one's going to be able to hammer a hole through this wooden side metal edges on it you know <laughs> but, yeah so no, anyway so that's cool. that's that's what that latest video was weird history my favorites are their timeline videos where they just take a year uh and just do like everything that happened in 1993 yeah 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 january yeah. to december i love those videos they are so well done and they are so good yeah yeah you know what happened the other day so my phone if you guys i listen to itunes all the time so iTunes is like picking up on my hiss, my pattern. So it's like, hey, do you want to play a channel of 1975 Rockets? I'm like, yeah, cool. So I just hit play, like while we were working in the shop. And then I forgot what it was because it was like, I got in my car the next morning and it was the same thing. And I'm driving to the bank and I'm like, I look, I'm like, all this music happened in 1975. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, it's like a giant slice of like American classic rock happened in like 1975. <laughs> Oh no! Oh boy, my cat just. Let's talk about that in the after show. <laughs> no, yeah. my cat just knocked the frame off the wall, and I heard the glass break, which is annoying. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, so I just there's a lot of good music in the seventies. Crazy, 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 crazy. Cool. Cat just ruined everything. All right, well, oh no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We're gonna go to the after show. It blew up the uh, the vibe. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, we're going to go do the after show. We'll Um, catch you next time. All right. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's going to believe that.